Welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the fourth episode of the Kirby Dreamcast. In this podcast, we'll be talking all about Kirby. In the future, we'll go over things like Sakurai, the Kirby games, and other Kirby facts and media. But the big three line of the podcast will be going over the Kirby right back at you anime. It's just something to keep it consistent, while on occasion we will go over the other ones. I'm hoping to go over the first game, Kirby's Dreamland, from the GameCube by the 10th episode, like it'll be the 11th or 10th episode, whichever way I want to do it. And then eventually we'll talk about Sakurai himself, we'll talk about Miyamoto's influences on things, a lot of, like, just a bunch of different figures from Nintendo, how they uh, factor into Kirby, because there is that famous picture of, this, of the six uh, guys from Nintendo, and each of them drawing Kirby, and each of them are probably worth talking about for sure. We're going to go over every game as well. Now, when it comes to the games, like, I'll research the games, and I'll stream them, and we'll probably put footage on the side channel. And we'll have just gameplay there and everything, just me going over things. And then eventually when we do an episode, it'll be a bunch of just like facts and just interesting things about the games. That's what it'll be for sure when we do those. But today, we're going to be talking about Kirby Right Back at you, episode 4, known as Dark and Stormy Night. I find it where it's not called A Dark and Stormy Night. Just A Dark, just Dark and Stormy Night. The Japanese title is Secret of the Star Warrior. In this episode, they will give some more information on Kirby's backstory. So I don't think that's too much of a spoiler for uh, the Japanese title. The fifth episode, you already know what it's going to be about when you see what the title is, and I'll tell you that at the end of the episode. So the episode starts with King Dedede arguing with Tiff. He accuses Tiff of being a traitor for aiding Kirby, and he believes she's keeping secrets from him. Lady Like insults King Dedede, and Tuff tries to attack King Dedede while saying what evidence does he have, while Sir Ibram tries to diplomatically ease the situation. I really don't know what Sir Ibram and Lady Like are. They're like, they work for King Dedede, but I have no clue what they do. I really don't know what Zebram's supposed to do. I guess he's a diplomat, but for what ends, I have no idea. So King Dedede shows pictures of when Kirby fought the octopus monster, Octacon, in the first episode, and we get a flashback of that fight, which is, you know, a good flashback for sure. That was a fun fight. After the flashback, we see Tiff's family enjoying the photos and asking if King Dedede used a digital camera, which annoys King Dedede. He says the kids think they're smart, but he's smarter, and points to a picture of Kirby's ship and says, Kirby isn't going anywhere without it. Now this scene is a bit weird and confusing, and it probably also has to do with the Japanese version as well, in that in the original, the same thing plays out, but King Diddy is instead trying to get Tiff to tell him about Kirby's warp star. He knows she used it to help Kirby, and he points to a picture of Kirby's ship asking what she knows about this thing. This is definitely an art error though, since King Diddy is asking about this warp star and not Kirby's ship. So the American version also had to work around that error as well, and that's why it feels a little bit weird at the start of the episode. But what helps with that is, it, if it was done correctly, is we're going to learn more about the warp star. It's like, it's a way to clue us in that this is what's going to happen in the later parts of the episode, is we're going to learn more about the warp star. So it's supposed to set that up. It's just a little weird about it. So after that scene is the still awesome theme song, Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. Love that theme song. And then next, it comes to King Dedede going to his throne room and calling Nightmare Enterprises, saying that if he can't earn respect, then he'll buy it from Nightmare Enterprises. And now it's time for a lot of puns. So, King Dedede tells the salesman that he wants a monster that will get rid of Kirby in a flash, and the salesman says, what a shocking coincidence, because he has an electrifying thunderstorm monster called Krako. King Dedede gets excited, and the salesman says the monster will be there right away, but instead of downloading Krako, he'll get there by air. Now, there's two things I should explain right now. One is, I've never described the salesman. He's just, well, a salesman. He's a guy in a business suit. He's got flashy glasses, he's got a big smile, and he's got like a, like a businessman kind of hair. Like, I don't know who the best way to describe it, it's just hair a businessman would have, that's what he's got. The other is Krakow. 
Some of you might already know who this is. Krakow doesn't get revealed until later in the episode, but I'll describe them now. Krakow is this giant cloud with spikes on it, and a big single eye in the center. They've actually been a boss Kirby has fought since the first game. So Krakow and King Dedede and uh, Wispy Woods, they've all been in every single Kirby game from the beginning. Have they been bosses in every single one? I cannot remember the top of my head. I think maybe, but there's always possible one of the spinoffs maybe does not have Krakow in it, or does not have Wispy Woods in it, at least as bosses, but as characters for sure. Because, uh, yeah, there's Kirby's Dream Course. In Kirby's Dream Course, Krakow's just a thing, an obstacle, same thing for Wispy Woods, but King Dedede is a boss. So because of that, you could say technically, when it comes to every single game, uh, Krakow and Wispy Woods have not always been a boss. But he's been around forever. He's been around for a very long time. And he's going to be the main enemy of this episode, and it's a really fun episode seeing Krakow on this one. So after telling King Dedede that Krakow will be delivered by air, we see that Meta Knight has been spying on all of this. And then we get the, the viral scene of Tuff asking Meta Knight how it's going, and Meta Knight responding with, Very badly. Hey Meta Knight, how's it going? Very badly. Tuff runs after Meta Knight, and he tells Tuff that Kirby and Tiff are in danger. Then we're taken to Kirby's home, where he's being yelled at by Takori as he tries to get Kirby to make his bed. Tiff shows up and berates Takori for this. Takori has his newest burn here by saying that Kirby may be a Star Warrior, but he's also a first-class space cadet. Takori argues that he's helping Kirby learn how to do things, so that's why he's making him make his bed. Tiff then has Kirby come outside so they can talk, and Takori says not to fill his head with anything. He likes to keep it empty. So it's a bit backwards there. It's like, wait, you're teaching things, but also he likes to keep his head empty? What? And then Takori and Kirby share a laugh after that. Now what's great about this, this scene right here is there's a bunch of little cute moments here. You got Kirby making the bed, which looks really cute, and Jinx even made a GIF based on it. And then Kirby jumping out of bed, which looks very cute as well. And Kirby laughing with Takori is also cute. Just a lot of cute stuff with Kirby as always, which is just grand. Like, really love how cute Kirby can be in this show, and of course how badass he can be, especially later. It's going to be really good. So Tiff tries to talk to Kirby, but he's distracted by a dragonfly, and Tiff comments that it's like talking to a baby. Like, she's trying to talk to him, she wants to understand what's going on with Kirby, where Kirby comes from and everything. But Kirby can only see Poyo anyway, so she's not going to learn much from him. But Kirby just gets distracted by a dragonfly and just jump up and catch it, and he kind of knocks over Tiff in the process. And Tiff just gets annoyed at that. She's like, what? Like talking to a baby. A little as she knows, she's going to learn that that's literally the situation. So let's talk about Tiff this time, and her voice actress. Her name is Fuma in the Japanese version. Tiff is a completely original character for Kirby right back at you. She's definitely a firebrand character. And her race just... They don't exist outside of this show. I'm not sure if... Because Kirby's mass attack has a level dedicated to Kirby right back at you. I don't know if Tiff and Tuff of them show up. I know the enemies show up. I'm not sure if she does. But if she is, then she'll be. she's in the games. And that's cool. I have not played mass attack, but we will in the future for sure. So she's a firebrand kind of character... She's like, I think the easiest touchstone for a lot of people to probably know is Lisa Simpson. She fights for what she believes is right. She has no problem facing down the people in charge. She's very intelligent. She's short-tempered. And that's what Lisa Simpson is. And that's also what Tiff is as well. So that's just how she is. She's also the responsible type and she's also the intellectual type and all that. So we'll see her pursue lots of different things in, in those spheres. So in a later episode, we're going to see her helping with archaeology and she tries to help teach Kirby. She's always trying to be the responsible one and trying to just raise Kirby in a way, which is interesting. She has an odd relationship with Kirby. She's like an older sister or even a mother figure to Kirby, but in the first episode, she was quite soon dare towards him. Probably because she was hoping for him to, well, as we know, she, she was hoping for him to be this, like, handsome warrior, but he's, well, he's Kirby. He's, he's, a, he's a baby. 
And I'm not sure how the friendship will develop. I assume it's going to be the same throughout because I have seen later episodes. And she is pretty much just a caretaker to Kirby. She watches over him and she relies on him to save the day because, well, Kirby's the hero. Kirby's really strong and powerful. So she always calls out to him for help and to have him do what's right. And even orders him around sometimes to do what's right because Kirby's just a baby. He doesn't always understand what's going on. He's just, as we've seen with the Midnight episode, when Kirby gets challenged to a duel, he thinks he's going to have some fun, but he's actually going to get the crap beat out of him. That's Kirby for you. He's just not completely all there because, well, he's still young, naive, and everything. Now, for a voice actress, this is Carrie Williams, who has been voicing since 1993. She's best known as Nami in One Piece, Rebecca Hawkins in Yu-Gi-Oh!, Tiff, and Flora in The Winx Club. She was in other anime, but those are the most notable ones. And yeah, been active since then. But after commenting that Kirby's like a baby, the sky grows dark and lightning strikes to attack Tiff and Kirby. And they do a lot of dodging. That's pretty good skill there considering how fast lightning is. They dodge a bunch of it. But then the next bit is pretty exciting animation with Kirby and Tiff dodging. But then Kirby trips and falls, and Tiff turns around, and then Kirby gets hit next to a tree. So a tree gets hit with lightning, and he explodes, and Kirby just flies away into a, into a lake. Tiff runs over and picks him up, and then it's just her running while carrying Kirby around. It's very exciting. The music's really good here. It's just her running and dodging, running and dodging, and then eventually she gets hit. This is the first time we've seen Tiff take damage in the show. But it's played for last for comedy, so she doesn't take major damage here. She's not really hurt. Of course, it hurts to get hit with lightning, but it's not like it's like life-threatening lightning. Because it's not necessarily trying to kill her, it's trying to kill Kirby. And she realizes this can't be a normal lightning storm because it's chasing them. So then they do some more running, and I'm going to count this as the baby beating number one, because Kirby's getting hit with a bunch of lightning, and it's definitely hurting him, especially the tree explosion. That had to hurt. It did daze him pretty bad. And the next bit is hilarious. It's just a lot of Tiff and Kirby running around, and they're running towards things, and they get hurt very badly. So Tiff and Kirby are running, and the mayor and his wife are in their car, and they're just driving. Tiff and Tuff make a turn at the car, and the car gets hit with lightning. Then they're going into town, and so we see Chef Kawasaki get hit in his restaurant, Chief Bookham gets hit with lightning in his police station, the gypsy gets hit. By the way, when she sees everyone getting hit with the lightning with her crystal ball, the gypsy says... Uh, she sees something shocking coming beforehand. She's like, I see a shocking development, and then gets hit with lightning. That's the second time we've gotten the shocking pun, by the way. Professor Curio makes a dinosaur fossil stand, and it gets hit. Eventually, the whole village gets shocked from their running. So it's a lot of comedic stuff, so the entire village is getting damaged pretty badly. I, this is the first time the village has been uh, attacked. It's going to get attacked a lot in this show, but this is the first time of it, and it's pretty funny. Of course, it's messed up, but it's also pretty funny. Tiff eventually ends up separated from Kirby. King Dedede drives up in his tank to watch the action, and then the best part happens. Kirby jumps into the tank, and King Dedede and Escargoon get hit with lightning. They didn't notice Kirby jumped inside the tank, and so they're very confused as to why Crackle keeps shooting lightning at them, so they drive away to safety. And as they're driving away to safety back to the castle, King Dedede asks why they're getting shot at, and Escargoon says, I don't know, I'm as shocked as you are. This is the third and thankfully the last time they beat that dead horse, by the way. I cannot wait for a ghost episode, because it's going to say they don't have a ghost of a chance. I don't know how many times. I'm willing to take bets on that one. That's going to be interesting. This is a very fun comedic episode, and the next part is so good. So they're going back to the castle. It hits the drawbridge, and they fall into the moat. And then you see bubbles coming out of the water. You see, like, three bunches of bubbles. King Dedede comes out, spit out water. Escargoon comes out to spit out water. And then Kirby comes out, and the two notice Kirby, and they freak out, and Kirby freaks out, and he jumps out of the water. Lightning strikes and hits King Dedede and Escargoon, and Kirby runs away 
some more really fast. It is such a funny sequence of events going on there. And the music really plays it up as well. I'm going to keep talking about the music because I like it so much it enhances it so good. But from there is a little bit later when King Diddy is sick on his throne with a cold from being in his moat. He wants Nightmare Enterprises to take Krakow back, but the salesman says that due to their contract, Krakow can't be sent back over. I just appreciate how punterific uh, Four Kids is. It's it's so cringy and groan-worthy, and I enjoy it so much. It, it just works for a kid's show, for dang sure. That's probably what makes the difference between, like, uh, Kirby Right Back At You and the One Piece Four Kids version and the Yu-Gi-Oh! Four Kids version, is that because it is a kid's show, it works so much better here. There's plenty of violence as well, but since it's just a kid's show, it's just very hammy and kind of funny. Well, it's really funny to me, and I like it a lot there. So Bigger Storm forms over Cappy Town. Stiff and tough with Folalo and Falala, search for Kirby, and for the second time in the show, we see a very scared Kirby. Like he's hiding somewhere, and he's just scared of the storm. Which rightfully so, he has no way to deal with this situation right now. Lightning's coming down on you. What can you really do? That's the big thing. Can you? What can you really do about a situation like this? So the four can't find Kirby, so Tiff decides she needs to go get help for Kirby. So she goes to Kaboo to get something. Kaboo informs her, though, that uh, they're not alone. So Tiff actually finds Mennonite in a sanctum under Kaboo. She asks why he's there, and he reveals he knew she'd bring the Warp Star here. She says the star flew back into her hand after the fight with Blocky. This is a script error here, so another error in this episode, because the last time Kirby had the Warp Star was in the first episode against Octacon. In the Japanese version, they don't even mention a specific monster, so this is just on the English side of things. And yeah, they just made a mistake right there. So Midnight says she was right to hide it and goes to leave, but Tiff asks Midnight, what does he know about Kirby? Midnight is cryptic as always, and saying that he knows much about Kirby, or maybe not very much at all. Tiff demands that Midnight tell her. When he doesn't respond, she says please. That's something you don't see out of, out of Tiff all that often. She's more demanding, very demanding, but she asks, please tell her something. Quickly we cut back to Kirby and he's got this determined look on his face. Kirby runs out into the open and dodges lightning all over the place, and eventually jumping into a hole that explodes from lightning. Kirby tried to get out there, and he just isn't able to deal with the situation still, so he's hiding again. Now, after the scene of Kirby running for his life, we see Meta Knight telling Tiff about Nightmare Enterprises. So we get even more information here. It's really weird. Like, the first couple episodes just keep giving us kind of the same information, but a little bit more every time. So he tells Tiff that King Dedede is jealous and suspicious of Kirby, and ordered Krakow to come get rid of Kirby. We learn more about Enemy in that he wants to conquer everything, so he made monsters to do this. An army of Star Warriors were formed to fight him off. Eventually, all but one Star Warrior was lost, and that is Meta Knight. He survived injured, but alive, as how he puts it. So he flew out with a spark of hope, and that hope being that one day, new Star Warriors would appear someday, and that hopefully those new Star Warriors would be strong enough to defeat Enemy. That is the big hope for Meta Knight, that other Star Warriors are going to show up and they'll be stronger than him so they can beat Enemy. That's it, right there. So he pledged himself to King Dedede, knowing that someone like King Dedede would get in contact with Nami Enterprises and summon monsters. So he's got this whole endgame planned, and Kirby's going to factor into it. But there is one problem with Kirby showing up, and that is, Kirby showed up 200 years too early. That's right, Kirby's supposed to be developing and maturing in his ship for 200 more years, but got woken up early and sent to fight Octacon. I'm guessing there's other Star Warriors, but Kirby's the closest one. Or Kirby's the only one, and no matter what distance he was, he got sent in, instead of waiting another 200 years. Because I guess the ship thinks Kirby can handle it, and he's proven rightfully so that he has been able to handle it so far. Kinda. <laughs> so Midnight states that Kirby can barely speak, or even think, since he's been awoken so early. 
Now, Tiff takes this to mean that Kirby is quite literally a baby. But luckily, Kirby has great natural abilities. He's durable and has pretty much infinite power, and he has instinct for combat. And that, but that can only go so far, as I said before, Midnight could have killed him in episode 3. If Meta Knight wasn't using the side of his sword, Kirby was totally dead, probably. That's probably what would have happened there. But thankfully, he did not kill Kirby because he's trying to train Kirby. And Meta Knight mentions that, yes, he is trying to help develop Kirby's skills. He's going to help Kirby become the Star Warrior he needs to be. But he's going to, of course, be very stealthy about it because he doesn't want to lose, of course, being the Knight of King Dedede. Since he was on the inside, he learned about Krakow and everything. And he would not be able to do that if he was on the outside. So he's going to be the faithful knight of King Dedede while still trying to help Kirby whenever possible. And we're going to see him sneaking around a lot to do that. Then Meta Knight talks about the Warp Star. In that it is the source of Kirby's power, which is so weird because that's not how it is in the games. The Warp Star is just stuff that helps out Kirby. But in this, it is the source of his power. But because Kirby's a baby, he can't defend it himself. So it falls on others to protect it for him. And Midnight straight up says, only someone who truly loves and cares for Kirby can protect it. Tiff says she's been doing a good job protecting it so far, and Meta Knight agrees and then tells Tiff that Krakow's really strong, and that maybe even the Warp Star might not be enough to save Kirby. So that's the interesting thing. So Tiff is the one who cares about Kirby the most. She loves Kirby the most. And you can ask, well, what is as, as a older sister, as a mother, what kind of what kind of caretaker is Tiff to Kirby? Just as a curiosity, what is she to Kirby? And I'm not sure. I think it's oh she's always the older sister, she's always the mother figure to Kirby. And yeah, that's really what she is. She's, she's just the one that looks after Kirby, and he looks after everything else. So back at Kirby, Tuff and Falala and Falalo have found Kirby hiding. Tuff tells Kirby that he has to face this, and she suggests sucking it up, because this hasn't failed in every episode. So Kirby runs up to suck the sky, but of course this fails, and Lightning tries to hit him again. Kirby does more running and dodging, and it's really cool, dramatic and everything. Very enjoyable. And then King Dedede shows up with his tank again and starts chasing Kirby. And this is really cool. He chases Kirby into a wall, and Kirby does the coolest jump off the wall over King Dedede's tank, and King Dedede crashes into the wall and gets covered in rubble. Kirby does even more dodging, and Tiff and Midnight eventually show up. Tiff calls the Warp Star, and Kaboo launches the Warp Star out of his mouth. This is an animation we're going to see a lot in the show, and this is the first time of it. It's also in the opener, if you haven't seen it before. The Warp Star eventually gets to Kirby, and he flies into the sky to fight Krakow. Midnight informs Tiff that she now has the power to summon the Warp Star. Which, yeah, she just did that. Also, Kaboo can hear from pretty far away, apparently. He's like some godly figure in this world, so... Yeah, sure, okay. He's like a world tree, but he's a, he's a giant Moai head kind of thing. <laughs> we are then treated to a short, badass scene of Kirby flying up into the sky to face Krakow. He looks determined, and the music is playing to amp up how epic this fight will be. It, it's really good. I, I really like this fight. It's, it's very entertaining. And so what happens in this fight is Kirby flies up to face Krakow and does a great job of dodging a lot of lightning. But eventually Krakow does this combined lightning attack that goes behind Kirby and bounces back from itself into Kirby and stuns him. And it sends Kirby back down from the sky. Luckily, the Warp Star swoops down and catches him. And it's time for round two. And I'm counting this as baby beating number two because this is another fight. And he's getting hurt a little bit right now. Lightning going through your whole body? That's gotta suck. Now, from falling from the sky, Kirby came... Like, Kirby flew into the storm, so all you could see was Kirby and Krakow. After the lightning hit, he fell out of the storm. So now he's back in the sky area where everyone can see him. And so when he recovers, everyone cheers for him. And then Krakow fires more lightning at Kirby and almost hits everyone else instead. Like, it fires directly at him 
And since everyone's grouped up, it nearly hits all of them, but they do this cool dodge and that's great. But then Kirby goes for the suck again. But Kirby sucks up a bunch of Krako Storm and shoots it back at Krako. Which is weird, like he sucked in clouds and shoots it back. Which is an interesting thing you could say as a reference back to the original Kirby. Because in Kirby's Dreamland, Kirby used to just shoot like cloud bullets kind of thing. When there, there used to be a bullet hell portion where Kirby's just uh, flying and he's just shooting cloud, just shooting breath out of himself and he's hitting things with it. This forces Krakow to appear from the sky and the battle begins anew. By the way, I gotta point out real quick, every time they cut to the kids in Meta Knight, whenever the shot's on Meta Knight, it plays Spanish music. Every single time. I just love that they keep doing that. I love that they're consistent with that. So now they're fighting in the sky. Everyone can see the fight. And Krakow summons lightning swords and fires them at Kirby. Kirby dodges most of them and then eats one. I was hyped because I expected Spark Kirby to show up right here. But nope, Sword Kirby is back. By the way, Krakow has never made lightning swords in the games. Totally anime only. So Kirby could make Sword Kirby again. And I guess eventually we'll see Spark Kirby. I'm pretty sure we see Spark Kirby. But I thought it was going to be here. But nope, Sword Kirby shows up. King Dedede and Escarhoon come out from the rubble and cheer for Krakow. Kirby flies around and launches sword beams at Krakow, and Krakow cries out in pain. These cries are from the Japanese version, by the way. So Kirby and Krakow are both just the Japanese voices in this one. Finally, Kirby launches a slash right across Krakow's eye, and they split in half, eventually exploding. This is the second time Kirby just cut something in half and it exploded. Now, honestly, I thought that was Krakow doing a really cool-looking dodge. I thought they were just splitting in half the dodge, because Krakow does split... Uh, in one of the, I think in Star Allies, I don't know if it was before that as well, but Krakow has split before, but they actually just turned into two of itself, not from splitting in this way, so my, I'm off on that one. But I thought it was a dodge, but it's not, and they're dead. Just exploded. And there goes Krakow! Episode 4, Krakow's gone. Like, holy crap. We've got Bugsy in Episode 3, and we got Krakow in Episode 4, and Blocky in Episode 2. And, like, we're seeing quite a few of the uh, enemies Kirby's fought over the, over the games already. But eventually they're going to run out, and I'm curious what these monsters are going to be at that point. Of course, Octacon was completely new, so there's that. So there was already an original monster in the first episode. So after Krakow's death, King Dedede cries, saying, Kirby cracked Krakow up! So many crack jokes, so many oh-my-god jokes. Kirby lands, and the Warp Star goes back to Kaboos. Tiff runs up and says to Kirby, Kirby, let me know when you need the star treatment. Kirby just looks at the camera confused. The end. Like, he doesn't understand what, eh? What? <laughs> what? And that's the end. Also, this is the first ending where Kirby's not smiling and happy at the end. He's just confused on this one. So for me, the Kirby vs. Krakow fight was really good. The Med Knight and Kirby fight was really good as well. Blocky fight wasn't bad. The Otacon fight was pretty cool. Overall, we've had a lot of really good fights so far. I'm really enjoying this. I'm very much enjoying just the comedy of it and the action of it. It's been so good so far. I'm just happy with it. I'm really liking the Kirby show so far. So now they've established that Kirby is a baby, but his maturity level will become inconsistent eventually, and it may depend on the script or the director or the art direction, because up to episode 6, Kirby will be very much a baby, but in episode 7, we will see Kirby do more grown-up things that a baby wouldn't be capable of doing. He's just more mature in that episode. And depending on the episode, Kirby will bounce between these two forms, like innocent baby Kirby... And maybe even just a little bit more active, more mischievous little baby. And Child of Mischief, like a little bit older, like maybe like 8 or 10. Like more along uh, Tuff's age than the more baby Kirby. And he's like, a kind of, I, I think the best way to put it is, is he's more like a Huckleberry Finn. He's more independent. He's able to do things on his own. 
instead of just being more reliant on others like the baby form is. And you'll see what I mean when the episodes come up, especially in episode 7, which is why I'm making that comparison. Though I do have a theory as to why that Kirby is like that in episode 7, but I'll talk about that in episode 7 if I remember by that point. Let's see, anything to note? Uh, Kirby was only majorly hurt twice in this episode. He took some minor lightning hits too. Tiff actually got hurt in this episode as well with the lightning, but it was comedic, so it's not real harm. Sort of, like, she did take real harm here, but it was comedic harm. I don't know if Tiff will ever take real painful damage, but there's a lot of episodes, so who knows what'll come up later on. And of course, also the whole town guy with lightning, so that's pretty funny. And that's something to note is the first time this is the first time the town's been terrorized as well. You could say they were terrorized in the first episode, but it was more the farmers with the sheep that were getting terrorized. And by the way, those sheep are going to get terrorized again in the future. It's not over for them. It really is not. Poor sheep. So that right there is Kirby's Dreamcast Episode 4. Next time we'll be going over Episode 5, which in the title of both the English and Japanese versions give away what's coming up, and that is, it has to do with Wispy Woods. Another long-standing boss Kirby has fought in nearly every game, and yeah, it's going to be a good one. Wispy Woods, I'll just give it away right now, is potentially, right from the start, it's a very different episode. Things happen, but it's very different in its structure, and I like that it is in that episode 5 is going to set that it's not just Monster of the Week situation. It's going to be like a Situation of the Week thing, at least, but we're not always dealing with a Monster every Week, per se, and I like that. And you'll see uh, what Wispy Woods is about and how it, just things are with that. It's just a different kind of episode, and I like it, but it's it's definitely different. And you'll see when that episode comes out. So as always, if you got feedback, it would be appreciated. And if you didn't know, what depending on where you saw this, so we're on YouTube and on Podbean. So on YouTube, we do have some visual additions to the episode. Well, on Podbean, you can only hear it, of course. And it's just where do you want to where do you want to access it from? Do you want to see a video and hear it, or do you want to just hear it? Those are your options: YouTube and Podbean. And the links will be in the description. Or if you just want to find them, just search Kirby's Dreamcast or Lost Scarf. That'll help you find them for sure. So that right there is the podcast. I had fun talking. Hope you had fun watching and listening, depending on where you're going from. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. <laughs>